Well, good morning, friends. It's good to see you today. My name is Keith. I'm the lead and teaching pastor here at Grassroots. And uh, if you're new this morning, I see a few new faces. If you're new, uh, most welcome. Uh, hopefully you're finding everything you need. Uh, if you didn't hear it and uh, in the announcements this morning and you are new, today is the once a month chance that we hold a free lunch for anyone who's new and would like to know more about Grassroots. I'll be there sharing the vision of Grassroots and what this community is about and what it does. And you can feel free to join back in the study, which is kind of down the hallways. You can follow the signs on the walls and find your way there. So you're most welcome. And if you, um, if you can't make it today and want to know more or want to sign up for next month's lunch, you can do so at the, the booth there in front of the green wall as well. Uh, so as uh, Steve and Matt were saying this morning, we are jumping in for a month here, in the month of June, into a series on worship. Uh, ever since I got here about two years ago, it's, I've been here about two years as pastor, uh, ever since I got here, I've been wanting to do a series on worship uh, because uh, I think it's so important for us as Christians to know what worship is, how to worship, what that's all about, especially because every week we come together in this space and we worship God together corporately. And uh, sometimes it's, uh, you know, we're not really sure what to do or what to make of it or how to use the space well. And I know for myself, it took me about, I don't know, 10 years as a Christian to really know how to use this space well, to know how to bring my cares and burdens to God in a way that uh, I could release power and control over things I don't have control over, um, how, how not to get down on myself or too hard on myself, and yet how to, to really engage in worship, how to turn my attention to God, and how long it takes. I mean, you know, we, we've sung four songs now, and um, my, my sense for me is I'm just getting warmed up. You know, my heart is uh, just calming down. I'm just breathing a bit deeper. Uh, and... Uh, and so what does it mean that the king of the universe is in this room? And how come it's easier to, to worship when we're in groups of people than by ourselves alone and isolated? And what to do with the questions and the anger and all of the real things that we feel towards God? And sometimes we think, you know, to come into this space to worship God, we've got to sort of tuck all of our messy, ragged edges away and come in and kind of put on a smiley face and come in here and, you know, and be excited about God. And uh, so how, how do we avoid that and learn to bring all of our messiness and raggedness and brokenness and things that may not, we may not think would be so easily brought into the presence of God? How do we bring that into God's presence? How do we tell God that we hate what he's doing in our life and hate him sometimes without sort of falling away and walking away from God? How do we, like the many of the psalmists, how do we come and uh, tell God, you know, uh, why are you sleeping in my, in my world? Why are, aren't you seeing what's happening to me? Wake up, and even if, even if you take longer, I'll still worship you. That's a hard thing to do. There are a couple of psalms that basically just say, uh, God, what's going on in my life? What, what's the issue, period? And no sort, of, no sort of turn into praise. So how do we do this? How do we bring our authentic, real selves in community to God and to worship Him. So we're going to do this for the next four weeks. And um, this is where, especially if you're new, this is a really interesting day for you to be here because we're going to do this in a way that, um, some, we're going to do something that I've never done before, which is 
I'm not going to really be leading us in this conversation. My friend who's a worship leader and who is a pastor down in Illinois, she's going to be leading us in this conversation. And she'll be, she'll be arriving here on Wednesday of this week and be spending two and a half weeks with us. Uh, she'll be here two Sundays and then not here two Sundays. And today is one of the days she's not here. So you might ask, how are we going to, she going to lead us in this conversation, even though she's not here? Well, we have a video today. She's videoed herself. And uh, I've never done this before. I've never, since I've been here, I've never had someone preach via video. It could go horribly wrong. You could, like, who knows? I mean, I've watched the video. It's good. Um, I know what she's going to say. But it might go glitchy. It might not work. I don't know. All all the technology issues that you can imagine, I've never done this. So this is kind of an experiment. So in the case that the video starts and it gets all weird and off and it doesn't work, I've got her manuscript here. So I'll just come on up and I'll read to you what she was going to say to you today. Uh, But she's going to be here not just on Sunday mornings to give messages about worship, uh, but she's going to also be available and in the community as a pastor uh, in residence here. And so uh, if you wanted to get a chance to talk to her or talk to her about worship or talk to her about anything that she's said uh, on on Sunday mornings, she'll have appointments, you can... you can. uh, connect with Jen over coffee. Um, Jen and I, just to give a little background and introduction, uh, she and I met about um, 20 years ago now. I was a university student just entering university, and she, was, uh, just, she had just graduated from university and was working in the church that I was going to as uh, the worship leader of the young adults ministry. We had a young adults ministry called Potter's House. We just started it up when I was entering into university, and it was uh, a Sunday night worship service for um, young career-aged people and university students. So 18 to 25, 26-year-old, we'd gather on Sunday nights and we'd worship. And I was on the, the leadership team of that, of that ministry, and so I would just, I sort of cut my teeth on ministry those four years, and she was a mentor of sorts to me. And we became really, really good friends over the course of time. And hopefully she doesn't tell too many embarrassing stories. I'm going to sort of try to prevent that. Um, but I, I, I remember she got me playing uh, keys, the, the piano in the worship band. So I played for about three years in the worship band that she led, and I learned a lot about worship and music and how to, how to do that. And I, I remember there was just a few times where I was just so off-key and so miserable and such a bad, bad band member, but uh, she gave me a lot of grace. And I think I told this story almost right at the bat. She was the one who also convinced me to play piano at a wedding once. And it was like, you know, dun, 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 dun. everyone's like, so what happened was I was like, dun, dun. And everything went out of my head. And I just stopped. And the bride and groom were like, like this. And I, and I literally went, what key are we in? So anyway, she's got, she's got that memory. I, I, I blame her for that. Anyway, I'm excited that she's coming. I'm excited that she's going to be here to, to do this and to lead us. So this week, she's got a video that she's prepared for us this morning. Or, uh, there's actually two videos. One's just an introductory video to the whole four weeks. And then the second video... That's about two minutes long. And the second video is about 16, 16 minutes long. And that's um, her first message. So uh, I think just that's good for introductions. 
The, the last thing I wanted to say before I'm going to get off the stage this morning um, is this. Uh, you know, just getting our, our hearts and our minds around what worship is. just wanted to give a, a little bit of, of help there as we get going today. Um, you know, the, the scriptures talk about worship as, this, as turning our hearts, taking our hearts, the, all the emotions and all of the, the things that we think about with our hearts, turning our hearts and our minds towards God. And, um, you know, we, we, as Matt was saying, we can learn to love so many things in this world. We can learn to love um, one another. We can learn to, to love God's creation. We can learn to uh, love the beauty that's around us. And yet sometimes, and many times as humans, uh, the Bible talks about the word idols or idolatry, which means that we've taken something which is lovely and something which is good, and we've turned our affections and our worships towards it. We find our meaning and our life purpose in something that's less than God. And so as we grow in worship and, and grow in learning how to worship, we realize it's not just something that we do together on a Sunday morning, but it's actually our whole life lived in the presence of God. And how do we as people who can't see God or touch him or sense him sometimes. What do we do with that? How do we worship a God who's invisible, who makes himself hidden? And um, so, the, you know, these are the questions that the scriptures ask. And uh, in the book of John, uh, Jesus is talking about worship. And he's saying, God desires people who will worship him in spirit and in truth. And this means something like um, instead of being able to see him, we worship him even though we can't. We worship him in this, with this sixth sense that we have about us, that God is close and God is near. And in truth, that we're not just there as a lie. We're not just here to impress each other. We're not just here to perform. We're not just here to, to make ourselves look great in the eyes of others, but people who truly want to worship him. So he's looking for people like this. Uh, and the, the prophet Isaiah says this, which is kind of like a, a hard teaching. It's something hard for us to take in. Uh, the prophet Isaiah says, uh, these people come near me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. He was talking about his own people, people who worship him and believe him and love him. And they, we, how they have, he, he was frustrated with them because instead of worshiping them with their hearts, truly, they ended up just kind of faking it, worshiping him with their, their lips, but their heart is far from me. And then he goes on to say, their worship, God, God says, their worship of me is based merely on human rules that they have been taught. So this is it. We, we can sort of get in ruts. We, we don't always know how to bring our hearts and our affections to God. So anyway, there's lots to, lots to learn about this and uh, lots to know about worship. So I'm, I'm excited for these next four weeks to jump in. And I hope that at the end of the four weeks that we get a sense of being able just a little more to be able to turn our hearts towards the living God. So let's go. Let's see how this goes. We'll push play and uh, hopefully it works. Good morning, Grassroots Church. I am really looking forward to getting to be with you for a few weeks this month. I'm currently coming to you from the Quad Cities in Illinois on the mighty Mississippi River, but will be on site with you this upcoming week for a period of time. 
As you can see, I am not coming to you from an office or a platform at a church. In fact, it's a place that might have surprised you. Also, if I were coming to you from an office or a church, I would need a lot less of this. And also this. And some of this. <laughs> I am somewhere, though, that is a little bit more quiet. It's a lot less busy. And a place where, for me, it's very easy to connect with God. Where I live, we had what we Southern North Americans consider a hard winter. And what made it so challenging was that it just was so long. Things stayed in hibernation for such a long time. It was cold, it was dreary, gray, it wasn't green. And for those of us who like getting out into this, we were unable to do so for a very long time. So if this is a way that I connect with God deeply and easily, what does one do to connect with God when your optimal conditions are not right? We're going to be spending time working through this idea this month, taking a look at the ways that we connect with God, why some ways make more sense to us than others, and what we can do to broaden our scope of connecting deeply with Jesus and diving into worshiping him more with our whole lives. Imagine a close relationship. It can be a significant other, it can be someone who's become a close friend. But think of a relationship you were aware of entering into versus one that you had always just been a part of. There are distinct levels of interaction, circles of engagement. The group dates, the large group gatherings, um, that can be varied from grabbing coffee with somebody or just going to get dinner. There's the stages of getting to know someone, seeing them interact with strangers um, or yours or their friends or family. There's correspondence, there's text and email, and some of you may even be letter writers. Moving through various levels of trust based on these interactions and growing levels of expectation, moving through to understanding and various places of commitment and dependency. These are all ways in which humans develop and grow their relationships with others. The closest relationships have multiple layers to them. And by this point, you may kind of get a sense of where I'm going with this. We are relational beings. And as we grow and develop in relationship with God, we respond to the Lord in parallel ways. How we develop and grow in relationship with God, not surprisingly, is quite influenced by how we develop and grow our relationship with others. The things that we do, the way that we engage, how safe we feel, how we trust, the walls that we build, the things that we hide, the things that we tell, the control we prefer. When talking about worship, the turning of our hearts and affections towards God, we must frame it within the context of relationship. And to do so well, we need to evaluate what our relationship 
to and with God looks like. Now, I do need to put a disclaimer here. Worship starts with the Almighty, not with us. The design of worship, what it looks like and how to enter into it has existed as long as the Trinity. This triune being in relationship with itself and then with those in the heavens. However, the place where most of us begin with is us and our preferences. How I connect with God, how I best worship him, the tools that work best for me put in parentheses, contemporary music, liturgy or high church formality. I worship best to hymns. I worship best in solitude. I worship best being out in nature. It's as though we think God may just be saying to us, good morning, how would you like to come to my throne today and honor and worship me with your time? It seems like an odd question, doesn't it? One that I think we'd find little to no biblical help with. However, if we instead approached worship and are connecting with God more like this, good morning, Lord. How can I honor and worship you today with my life? We'd find quite a bit of help with that from the scriptures. But how we relate to God makes all the difference in how we feel about asking God this question. How do you want me to honor and worship you with my life today, Lord? I want to provide a sweeping overview of three kinds of engagements we potentially experience, what some of our responses might be, and what we might learn about ourselves from them. We'll start with private engagement. This is you and one other. In relating this to the Lord and our lives with him, this is the you and God scenario. You may be home alone, you may have that one place where you know you won't run into another living soul. It is a safe place for you to just be with nothing external invading that space. The next level of engagement is public. This is you and one other, but also the general public. This is the coffee gathering with a friend or the private conversation in the next room. In respect to relating this to our time with Jesus, there is awareness that you and God are together, but so are others. They may be with you, they may not be, but others are around. And lastly, there's corporate. This is also public, but it's a distinct variant. Purposefully gathered, with a community of others that are there for the same reason. In terms of our life with Christ, it is very specifically God and God's community. The very purpose of the gathering is the us-ness of it. And it is this us-ness of it that defines it. 
having a sense of how these kinds of engagements show up in our lives and how we feel about them, how we respond or react to them is really important. We will dig into them over the next few weeks, but for now, I wanna put these things on the table and let them sit there for a bit. No doubt that as individuals, there are going to be certain levels of ease when it comes to how we relate to others. Some people do best in small groups, closer conversation. The large groups are draining and well, honestly, to be avoided at all costs, if possible. But then there are those that love a party. More people means more fun. And there are some gravitational tendencies that are just sort of built into us when it comes to social environments. However, for us to have a thriving life with Christ, all three of these kind of engagements need to be present in some capacity. Imagine a relationship with someone you love and care for that only had one of these kinds of engagement as a part of it. What would happen is what you'd see in that relationship, it would stall out and cease to grow deeper. If all we have is the private aspect of a relationship, it's like having the boyfriend or girlfriend you're afraid to go public with or the friend that you're ashamed of. If all you have is the public response, it's like you're in the bad relationship, but you just don't want anyone to know. Or you're just simply going out on dates once in a while together. And if all you have is the corporate experience that you are engaging with, you and God might just be merely showing up at the same party every weekend. When putting each of these into an isolated lane, it seems strange to put heavy emphasis on one in our lives over another. As I said before, how we relate to God will help us gain insight into the areas of engagement we tend to feel most comfortable with when it comes to worshiping him. And how we relate to others gives us insight into how we relate to God. So let's spend a couple minutes on this. Earlier, I asked you to consider a relationship that you have entered into at some point in your life, one that wasn't just always there, one that you had to purposely engage with. As with any relationship, there are things to learn and there are things to navigate. Without a doubt, we all come bearing any number of our past experiences with us and reasons for doing what we do. You may have that friend that always wants to call on the phone to arrange plans while you're thinking, a text will do, that's fine. Why do we have to talk on the phone? Or you have a partner who has that one way of doing things that entirely baffles you and makes no sense as to why they do that thing that way. It's just how they do it. All of those past experiences and stories enter into each of our relationships and we may never have stopped to ask why that is. There are countless things that we carry into our relationship with God that are past experiences and stories. 
long histories of patterns and habits that inform every inch of how we engage with him. It's valuable to consider what role these things play because it helps us potentially reorient. When we begin with us as the starting point for worship and the way we turn our hearts and affections towards God, these stories and histories, habits and behaviors dictate what worship looks like coming from our lives. However, there is a kingdom model that exists. And it is this kingdom model that Christ wants to see manifested here on earth among us and with us. Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. As Jesus taught us to pray, he offered to us, this is the way. Ask that things on earth come to look like the things in heaven. And in the places where the Trinity is at home and unhindered, worship exists all the time in every way. From the fully corporate and public declarations of the heavenly beings in Revelation crying out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. All the way through to the intimacy and the closeness of the Trinity at one with itself and yet in unique relationship to the otherness of each, God the Father, Christ the Son, and the breath of the Spirit. When we ask God, how can I honor and worship you today with my life? We will, we will come to find that the response to that will be vast and will cross all spectrum of engagements, but will unquestionably be rooted in the life of the kingdom. When it comes to worship, well, and honestly, when it comes to just about anything in our lives, it is easy for us to get locked in to the ways we prefer things. We like what we like, and we like what we know. We can get so focused on the way that we do things, we have even uttered the words, I can never do that. I can't do that. I can't though, is often just a simple mask to actually say, I won't, I don't want to, or I don't know yet how. Those of you who spend any kind of time with children at all, have you watched them try something for the first time and when struck with that first time fail, the response is, I can't. You as the adult are instead thinking though, you just don't know how yet. Let me help you. Similarly, with the things that are new, uncomfortable and challenging that we may encounter over this next month, instead of responding with, I can't, we instead hear the voice of God saying, 
You just don't yet fully know how. Let me help you. And let's pray together that through this series, we are open to the wisdom of the scriptures and the leading of the spirit and the encouragement of the community as we grow in depth and breadth of turning our hearts and our affections towards God. I love that. Um, Lord, how can I serve you today? It's a great question. And Jen leaves us with a few questions uh, she wanted me to read here out. Just questions as you go home and ponder. Uh, the next week we're going to be talking about the private aspects of worship and then the week after the public aspects and then the fourth week the corporate. So that's how the series is going to progress. So here's some questions for you to take home with you today uh, and ponder. You might want to journal them. Go home and journal them or write them out. One, what ways do you connect with God and feel close to him? So what are your preferences? How do you connect with God closely? Second question, which of these areas of engagement might fall into it? So do you, do you connect with God privately best? Do you connect with him publicly best or corporately best? And think about these three areas of engagement. And if there's one that stands out to you as easier or more natural to experience than others, think about why that might be. So friends, uh, I'm excited to get into this the rest of the month here, and um, whatever God has said to you today, or however your mind is stirring, I invite you during the next couple songs, as we finish off the morning, to ponder that, and even perhaps to bring that to God, to bring those questions, or to, to bring whatever he's said to you, and just lift that up to him, and say thank you, and uh, ask him to, to teach you this week, and to uh, tell him that you're perhaps, you're his student, Whatever it is, that, uh, it is that God is speaking to you, I invite you to ponder these next few minutes and to bring this up. We uh, do this meal together, uh, this, this uh, practice every week to take broken bread and uh, some juice and to dip it in as a way to re remember weekly that Jesus is with us and that he's gone before us and that he is very close to us in our lives. So take the piece of bread, dip it in the juice, and uh, take it inside of yourself. And so the table here is set, friends, and everyone here is welcome. <laughs>